0: Good evening, how are y'all? <clears throat> Boy, I tell you, Brother Taylor's getting me stirred up talking about that blood. There's something about the blood of Jesus. There's something about the power that's in it. And I heard it say that even a tick knows there's power in the blood. I'm telling you, there's power in the blood. And I'm excited about, I'm excited to stand on this stage. I'm excited to be able to minister to you. There's nothing that Brother Scott is going to say or do that that's really could amount to Nothing. But God's got a word for you. He's going to use this old boy maybe to try to change your way of thinking. Maybe to try to encourage you. Maybe even to scold you. It ain't me. It's his word. It corrects us. It, it strengthens us. I mean, it builds us up. And I'm thankful for the power of the blood. I'm thankful for God's word. And um, tonight, the word I'm going to speak to you about, I want to speak to you about the life of a Christian. I believe that this is the most important thing that's, uh, that each of us need to look at and investigate tonight. And um, we're going to get into that. But I have a scripture tonight that I'd like to read to start out. And it's Romans 12, uh, verse 2. And it's a, it's a common scripture. and Everybody knows it. Um, Romans 12, verse 2. Give these guys a minute. (laughs) If you don't mind standing for the reading of God's holy, infallible, inspired word. And it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect the will of God. Let's uh let's pray. God, I thank you for this night. God, I thank you for the people that are here. God, I thank you for your spirit, God, that you're gonna Lord, you're gonna minister to someone tonight, God. You're not a God that's lacking. You're not a God that's Offbeat or messes up or makes mistakes God but you know who'd be here God you know the ears that would need to hear and the hearts would be prepared God I pray that you would allow me the privilege to preach like I have never preached before and like I will never preach again as though a dying man preaching to dying men and women and God that you would get the glory and God that you would uh, be honored and God that you would just give me a word in season God this this the word in season God Lord that you would anoint my lips God you would hide me behind your cross and God, is, you would be God of all, power of all. And Lord, that we would just be obedient. And Lord, we would apply this to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I started thinking about the life of a Christian. And, uh, you know, I think it was here, maybe it was a week ago. We was driving to church one morning. And uh, Jackson said, he, he said, Daddy, there's a lot of people out. He's like, I wonder how many of them going to church. And I thought, boy, wow, <laughs> probably not very many of them. Guys, I'm telling you, in our Christian walk, there's lots of things that we got to examine in our lives. And it, now's the time. Now's the time to examine our lives. Amen. Now's the time to look at our walk and our faith. Now's the time to understand that we're not just here showing up because this is like a country club where we want to be popular and we've got to be on the in crowd and we've got a certain place we're going to sit. But we're in the house of God. And we're here for a purpose because God has chosen each person that's here. You didn't wander in off the streets by some kind of a, uh accident or some kind of a mistake, but you wandered off in here because the Spirit of God led you here. So you're here for a purpose. You're not just here taking up space. Sometimes I feel like I take up space, but I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. I want to tell you about a couple of little stories that I'd heard, just to kind of, uh, and I'm going to go through several scenarios, so just stay with me. And I'm praying that God is going to guide my steps, and He's going to give me the right words, and that your hearts are going to be prepared so that you're going to receive this. And then you're going to re- apply it to your life. Amen. Now, I heard, I seen a little story the other day, it was in the Philippines. And it was about this little dog, and his name was, I think it was Bain or Bano, something like that. Anyway, the, the story is, um, it's early one morning, this little boy and girl goes out, and they're playing in the yard, and they get off in the road where well, there's a motorcycle coming. Anyways, the guy on the motorcycle never seen them, but this little dog jumps into action. When well, in the process of jumping in to, to save the children, He gets caught up in the front between a tire and a fender. And his uh, imagine a dog's snout right in front of his eyes. The whole top part gets taken off. Well, people hear about the story about this dog saving these children. So all over the world, people start donating money. And $27,000 later, this dog is still alive. And he saved those kids' lives. He saved their life. And then, then you go to the other end of the spectrum. And I heard a story about an old boy that uh, grew up down in uh, Texas. And he uh, he knew this old boy. And he said he said he's always had a weird way about him. He was he just seemed evil. And and he uh, he's all time getting into fights and stuff. And he was a bully. And uh, he even there was an old historical home that he had vandalized and done thousands of dollars worth of damage to it. And uh, he just he knew something wasn't right. This guy was always come from a broken home. And just like I said, something about him was just evil. Well, anyways, that guy, he, uh, um, one, one summer, one evening during the summer, I think it was like in 2013 or 14, he, uh, he goes into this woman's house, this elderly woman, and he beats her to death to steal her um, Social Security check. So I tell you these two stories. One of them is quite graphic. The other one is encouraging. But in our lives, we need to investigate some things in our lives because this shows us triumph. it shows us evil it shows us right it shows us wrong and these are things that we need to investigate in a Christian's life we need to investigate what's right and wrong the pastor said I sat back and I, and I, and I watched this man lead this church and he's leading all of us and I can see the way that our pastors are they're, they're trying to push us to worship. And they're trying to push us, you know, to, to serve God. And, you know, they don't do this because they're trying to dump all their work off on you. They do this because you're called to do work. You're called. We're building the kingdom of God in this place. And it takes every one of us to do it our part. Now, there's stuff that I can do that you can't do. And there's stuff that you can do that I can't do. But we're all called to be a family, to be a unit, to work like a well-oiled machine. God has called us here. So, in the life of a Christian... The Bible teaches that the life of a Christian is one of constant growth. When you were born again, you were born into God's family. It was God's purpose that you will grow and mature in Christ. It would be against the law of God in nature if you were to remain a baby and become spiritually stunted or a dwarf. God wants us to grow. He don't want us to sit in the same old mess. He wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to grow closer. And um, so in uh, 2 Peter 3.18, the Bible talks about we are to grow. It's impossible to grow. And God wants us, it's possible to grow. And God wants us to increase in wisdom. He wants us to grow properly. And and, um, there's rules that we must observe for uh, God's spiritual health in our lives. Now here's just some things. Read your Bible daily. Now, don't just go through and skim through. How many times have me and pastors talked about this? How many times you've been reading and you're trying to get through a chapter, and, and, and you're sitting there nodding off, and you're, and and you're struggling. Don't continue to read just because you're trying to you're trying to uh, satisfy your uh, your conscience, but take this word and take it into your heart and hide it yeah. and learn it because. It's crazy. The craziest thing is to me, it's crazy the way God works. A lot of things are just you know because our mind is works in the natural. It don't work in the supernatural. So our minds go to the fact of thinking, well, you know, how can you get close to God by just reading His Word? But I promise you, the more you read His Word, the closer you're going to come. It's a truth. But you no, know, God's ways are different than our ways, and His ways may be. He chooses to use things that, that, that would never work in any other circumstance. Why does He do that? Because God wants to use something that's going to work where He can get the glory for it. If you do it, you get the glory. You can say, look what I did. But when God does it, He says, look what I did. And He gets the glory. God can do that. We need to learn the secret of prayer. Every time you pray a prayer, you're gonna, it's going to be answered. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. But we have got to get into our lives Reading the Bible daily. We gotta learn the secret of prayer. We gotta learn that God's got a certain way He wants us to pray. He wants us to build a relationship and He wants us to understand that He's talking about in, in, in the um, in the Bible He's talking about give us this day our daily We're saying give us this day our daily bread as part of the prayer. Why do we say give us this day? Why don't we say give us this month? Because if God gave you everything you needed for a month, chances are you wouldn't go back to Him. But if you say give me this day my daily bread daily you're going to read your Bible daily you're going to pray daily you're going to seek God's face and you're going to seek what he wants for you see God's not going to give us too much rope because we'll hang ourselves right we will I guarantee you if if God gave me enough rope I'd hang myself every time that's why he keeps me on a short leash (laughs) because I'll mess up I promise you we have to rely constantly on the Holy Ghost he's going to be our guide But we've got to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost. He came, he said, Why do you think Jesus said it is expedient? It's important. It's pressing that I go right now because I'm going to send the comforter. He sent the comforter for you and me because we need that spiritual guide. We're walking through a a lost and a dying world. People are going to hell, and people's not not more. When I think about the fact of how many people are actually going to hell, it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that people think that they're in control of their life. People don't realize the power of God. And whenever you try to tell someone about the power of God, I met a guy the other day. Let me go into this story. I met a guy the other day, and I'm not going to say his name, but he owns a real estate company not far around here. And I was doing some work for this man. We cut the concrete slab and we had to, we was going to run some new drains up another slab. He's remodeling this house. And I said, uh, I was doing something. I had to, he'd cut as far as he could. I had to tie onto this fitting. And you cut the fitting off, and there's something called a hub saver where you can get the pipe outside of the uh, fitting so you can glue a new piece in. I ain't going to bore you with the details. But anyways, it had to be done precisely. And if I didn't, we fix how to bust more concrete. It's fixing me tough. And and when I got done, I went, whoo, praise the Lord!" And then I don't know why. Just you know, I had a conversation. Maybe God told me to do it. But I said, um, "I said, I said, you ever do any of that?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Oh, really? Okay." And he he said, "I he said I he said, I'm not a Christian." He said, "Go ahead and go ahead and give it to me." <laughs> I said, "No." I said, "That's not what my job is, brother." I said, "My job is to love you." It's not my job to beat you over the head with something. You ain't going to accept it if I attack you. But if I do it out of love, you're going to have more of a chance to know God. And I said, I'm not going to attack you, but I'm going to continually talk to you while I'm here about God if that's okay. And He said, that's fine. He said, but man, I tell you, he's like, I don't believe. He said, I don't want to go to heaven. And I thought, I mean, I was blown off my rocker. I know y'all, because we're Christian men, uh, women of God. We know the importance of heaven. We know what, what, that our souls line lying about. And it just shows, this guy was like 65, 66. He was a grown man. He wasn't a child. He's had time to hear the word of God. But it really is what he told me. He's like, I don't, he's like, I wouldn't want to go float on clouds and be in heaven. He's, he's, he's like, that's not a place for me. He's like, I like it right here on earth. He said, man, I love it here on earth. I like my life. I like how everything is. He said, I don't see how this can be approved upon. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, man, I can't wait to get out of this place. This guy, he was was sold out on the fact of he don't need heaven. He's here on earth. And I thought, man, he must have a wonderful life. Far better than mine. If he's thinking, how can this place be improved upon? I want to to get a piece of paper out and a pencil and say, let me make a list. And I'll tell you what can be improved upon. But that whole time, I I want Christians in this church, men and women of God, hear me. And understand what I'm telling you—that there are people out there that are lost. There's people out there that are confused, and there's people out there that need—they need God, they need Jesus, they need that blood that Taylor talked about. That's going to transform and renew and restore their minds and their bodies. And it's, one of these days, that man's going to want a glorified body. He can get it if he accepts Jesus Christ and he goes to heaven. But we've got to be prepared to witness to people. So the whole time I'm coming through my mind, I'm thinking, "Lord, give me the things to say, because I don't want to press too hard, and I don't want to offend Him. I, you know, the last thing you want to do as a believer is run somebody off. Now I know there comes a time when we gotta get off the milk of the word and get on the meat of the word, and we gotta just tell people how it is. I get that, but there's also times when we gotta take some, we gotta take kid gloves, and we gotta love people, because we don't want to run people off. That's not gonna get us anywhere. God's not calling us to browbeat and bully people. He's calling us to love people. The way that Jesus loved people. Before I left, the thing in my mind, and I, uh, he come up to me, and and we made our transaction, the work was done, and he, he shook my hand. He said, I really enjoyed our conversation. And I was blown away, because I thought, I thought he can't wait to get rid of me. Because I, I was steadily working on him. And I thought, well, this old boy's going to be ready to get rid of me. He said, I enjoyed our conversation. And he said, uh, and I said, brother, before I leave, I just want to say one thing. He said, here it goes. I said, no. I said, if I'm wrong, I've got nothing to lose. But if I'm right, I said, I, said, I want you to know Jesus loves you, and I want you to think about that. And I, and I left him with that. And uh, you don't ever know who's going to be put in your path. And I don't know why I went down that road that story, but that is what God's putting on my heart is the Christian men and women of this world then to be ready to give an account. We need to be ready to not be backslidden and not be, not be cold, but to be hot and on fire and be ready to give an account for what we believe. That's my prayer. Is God, was put somebody in my path, Lord, and don't let me fail. But you know what? I can't fail. Because if it's God's word, he stands on it. His word's never wrong. His word's not a lie. So as long as it's God's word, I can't fail. Now, if it was my word, I will fail. Like I said, I'm talking about that rope again. Give me a little bit of rope, I'll hang myself. But God never fails. So we need, uh, we need to be led by the Holy Ghost. Let Him be our guide. Whenever we're in those situations and you don't know what to say and you're like, Lord, just let me say the right thing. Lean on God. Use His Word because His Word, it, it, it does all the fighting for itself. You don't have to fight for God. God will fight for itself. His Word's more than sufficient. We need to be witnessing Christians. Let's get into that. That's what I was doing with that, with that fella. We need to be witnessing Christians. It should be your daily prayer that God puts somebody in your path that you can help, somebody that you can love, somebody you can witness to. How many, because the world is, is, is going through so many different scenarios and so many different, uh, everybody's busy at work, everybody's got bills to pay, everybody's busy, I get that. But he never managed He's too busy to do some witnessing and to love on people. And to do the work of the ministry which we're called to do. Be an obedient Christian. Boy, that's a bad one. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be obedient. And pastor says slow obedience is no obedience. And I believe that's 100% accurate. If God can't deal with you in just a second or two and get you to do what he needs you to do, you need to to get a hold to to the the horns on these altars and it's time to get it right. God should be able to deal with you for a matter of seconds. And you should be willing to do exactly what he says, even if it's make a fool out of yourself. I can't tell you how many times I've been worshiping or I've been doing anything, and God would prompt my, he would prick my heart, do this. And I thought, oh no, there's no way. Lord, I can't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit down here and rest. But if I'm faithful and I and I listen to God instantly, He has rewarded me every time instantly. His Spirit covers me like a blanket instantly whenever I do his will. We've got to be obedient to God. We don't want to be obedient to anybody. We want to do what we want to do. I want to drink that beer. I want to smoke that cigarette. I want to fuss and fight. I want to be ugly and rude. That's the natural part of you. The sinful part of you. But that part is dead when you're a child of a living God. You can be alive through Christ Jesus. You can walk on faith and you can be empowered by the Holy Ghost. You're not walking it alone. If you're walking it alone, let me introduce you to Jesus. If you're walking alone, let me introduce you to the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Learn how to meet temptation. Don't jump and dart out of the way, but meet temptation head on. Every believer's life, and every believer's life, they're going to be tempted. Sin is only sin when you give in to that temptation. But whenever we stay close to God in prayer, when the Holy Ghost is our, is our guide, when He's guiding and leading us, it's going to make it easier to be obedient. It's going to make it easier to believe that God is going to keep us from these temptations, from these sexual sins, from, his, from any kind of moral corruption that you might walk through because the mind of a human being is a corruptible, evil thing. But through God and through the renewing of our mind and being transformed through the renewing of our mind and being separate from this world and clinging to God, He can walk you through it. <laughs> Live above your circumstances. Boy, that's one that i got to work on. Guys, we're all working on stuff. Don't sit here and think you're the only person. He ain't got it figured out. Don't say, I'm the only person that's broke. I'm the only person that makes mistakes. I'm the only person. Those are lies from a pitch of hell. from the enemy itself don't tolerate that stuff in your life. we got to live above our circumstances. Because I can promise you that your current situation doesn't determine your final destination. Hallelujah. We've got to live above our troubles. We've got to live above our sins. We've got to live above this world. We've got to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Renewed. And we gotta, and through doing these things, we're gonna do the we're gonna do we're gonna renew our minds. We're gonna prove what is good and acceptable. And we're gonna perfect the will of God if we will lean on God's word, if we'll stay in prayer, if we'll let the Holy Ghost be our guide. If we'll be a witnessing Christian, if we will be obedient, boy, that's a nasty word. i got to wash my mouth out after that. I'll tell you, nobody wants to be obedient. I don't want to be obedient. But whenever I look to Jesus and he hung on that cross for me, oh, boy, that makes me want to be obedient when I look at what God did for me. He died a miserable death for me that my sin problem could be cured he was the only way he's still the only way his blood is still relevant It's still got power don't go to a church or somewhere where somebody don't preach about the blood but I want to preach about the blood of Jesus because that's going to change you it's going to save you it's going to kick your drug habits it's going to encourage you to do better it's going to make you be a man and a woman of God it's going to give you the supernatural ability to not be able to speak very well but stand on stage and be able to preach the gospel Because it ain't not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. hallelujah, hallelujah. I had a story here that I wanted to read, and I think I done blew right past it. But you know what? It ain't Brother Scotty. I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. But I'm thinking about this, the the life of a Christian. And I was on my way here. God put this in my spirit. He said, I want you to read this. It's a simple story. It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. He says, "It came to pass that they went and he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her, his, into her house. And she and her sister, called Mary, which was also sat at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, I'd love to sit at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah, man. Woo! Sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. Boy, i tell you, that word, it'll transform you. But Martha, she was cumbered about and she was uh, with much and she was trying to serve and she came to him and she said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister has left me alone to do all the work? She's left me alone to do all the work. Bid her therefore so that she will help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou hast careful and troubled about many things but one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that thing that is good and it shall not be taken away from her to me this is a story of two godly women but like us in our Christian walk in the life of a Christian a lot of times which one are you? are you too busy? are you frustrated? you know she went to the Lord and she said and she, and she, she told the Lord she said can you not make her help me? I mean, you know, how self-righteous are we that we think we can sit and we can talk to God in a way and we do it when God prompts us to do something and we don't do it, we're being disrespectful to God. Whenever God is trying to get us to witness somebody and we're not doing it, we're being disrespectful to God. One of them sat at his feet. The other one was busy about taking care of all the troubles. Who's taking care of all the troubles in this place? God's in control. If you're listening and, you're, and you're, you're in this world and you're busy and you're covered up, I believe God wanted me to try to reveal to you in this story. And I know lots of people's preached a million different things on this. This is what he gave to me. That these are Christian women. One of them is of the world, busy all the time. The other one realizes that when you find Jesus, hallelujah, you found something good. And it will not be taken from her. You felt the Lord in your life, and your Christian walk. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll cling to Him, it will not be taken from you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I just thought, man, that's, that's, a, that's just a neat little part that the Lord wanted me to add in there for somebody. Yeah. In our Christian life, we have ups and downs. I believe we have different experiences in our Christian life. And I want to try to use a little bit of scripture here. This is something I thought was really neat the Lord gave me. And, it, you know, it may not be to y'all, but it really touched me. And I found it out about uh, five thirty one one morning when I was up here vacuuming the church. And the Lord spoke to me. And this is something to give to me. <clears throat> he said, uh, I believe we can look in the Bible and like when we talk about the Israelites. Sometimes we have an Israelite experience. Wouldn't you agree? Like whenever, whenever uh, the Lord led them out of captivity, out of Egypt. That's the same way you could apply to your life whenever you were born again, when you gave your life to Christ. What about when they wandered through the wilderness? How many people here tonight wandering? How many people here tonight wandering through the wilderness of this world? How many people need to get their mind focused on being a Christian man and woman? And I'm doing the work that God's called you to do, but we're wondering. God's called you to do stuff, but you're wondering back and forth. God, we're just like the Israelites. We're wandering. But much like them, we're no different than the Israelites. We're also God's chosen people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many, many of us are having, um, having storms in our life. In Mark 4, 35-41, Jesus and his disciples were on the boat. Jesus was asleep. And his disciples, they were, they were scared. But Jesus got up and he calmed the storm. Now, in our lives, we go through storms as Christian men and women. I'm not going to sit here and feed you a line and tell you, let me test tell you to you in Hebrew, Baloney. I'm not going to sit and give you a line of trash saying you're not going to walk through some troubles in this world because you are. He said, for my name's sake, you will be persecuted. But can I tell you that when you're walking through these troubles in your life, you're walking through these storms, that Jesus can calm those storms. He's the answer. Jesus. And he says, I love you enough to die on the cross for you. I love you enough to correct you when you're wrong. I'm not going to let you go astray too far. That's a God that looks after his children. A God that loves his children. And we're all God's children. So maybe we're having an Israelite experience in our life, in our Christian walk. Maybe you're at a place in your walk where you're having a storm in your life. And you need a Jesus calming the storm experience to happen. God can do those things. There's nothing, his hand is too short. He can't touch and he can't reach. So Jesus can calm that storm. When you're in your life and certain things come up, you need a Jesus calm the storm experience. Hallelujah. Have you ever heard uh, in the Bible we're going to go to, uh, maybe you're having a Jonah experience. Now I believe there's a lot of Christians having this one. This is from my observation. But in the, in the book of Jonah, he ran from God and got on a big ship. He went down the belly of it. The storm came. They threw him overboard. And a big fish swallowed him up. And he was in the belly of a fish. Can I tell you that sometimes in our Christian life, we're having, we're having a, um, an ex, a running experience. God's called you to ministry. God's called you to Do a certain work for Him. He's called you to serve this church. He's called you to clean the bathrooms. He's called you to teach a class. He's called you to do some kind of work. Maybe it's not even in this church, but it's extended to some of these other ministries that pastors talked about. He's called you to do that. But we're running from God. Who in this church is running from God? Don't be ashamed of it. We're running from God, some of us are. And we may be saved, but we don't realize we're running because we don't want to be obedient. So we're running. Stop running. It's okay to run, but make sure you're running to the arms of Jesus when you run. Hallelujah. So maybe you're having a running experience. Maybe you're running from truth. Maybe you're running from your problems. Phew, hmm. hallelujah. In our Christian walk, we have to be prepared. We've got to be prepared. We've got to be obedient. In our Christian life, There are many areas that we need to improve on. I think everybody can say amen about that one. As long as we're steadily growing in the Word, as long as we're steadily growing in God, we still need to improve on things. Tonight I want you to see, though, one of the most important parts of a Christian life. This is in my experience, and this is what I'm trying to get to, and I believe this is what God wants you to see tonight. One of the most important parts of our lives as a Christian in our Christian walk. And it's important not just in our lives, but in, in this town, in this state, in this country, in the nation. And this is another hard one. We don't like being obedient. But God is calling you to have the heart of a servant. And that's one people don't like. So, oh, I don't want want to serve the church. I don't want to work at that function. I don't want to have to go down there and pick up. I don't want to have to go out and visit people. But God's trying to give you the heart of a servant. And I want you to look as we look at Jesus in Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but him himself, nothing. Taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness of man, and being found in the human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of even death on the cross. As I read these scriptures... As I read these scriptures and, and we're talking about having a heart of a servant. Jesus is our, he's our model, he's our example. If we want to be uh, great, the Bible says we must be the least. Mark 9, 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, Any of you who want to be first must become last, the servant of all. In our Christian life, we don't like being obedient. We don't want to serve. We want to be served. We want to sit in our pew or we want to go down to the drive-thru or we want to pop something in the microwave. We want it quick. But we want to be served. We want to be comfortable. Well, God's calling you to a life that's not of ease but it's of worthiness and it's of going to be of a life that's going to bring you peace and joy. If you'll get that in your spirit, then God's going to bless you with it. Hallelujah. We need to have the heart of a servant. And you say, how do I have a heart of a servant? I'm glad you asked. I see all the hands up. Everybody's going, how do I get the heart of a servant? You must begin by being in right alignment with God. Recognize who you are in that relationship and, uh, and, and who he is. Right. Now you've got to dig deep. You've got to dig down deep and you've got to take any kind of selfishness or any kind of pride that you've got and you've got to get rid of it. Yeah. You've got to humble yourself. In this relationship, you've got to understand who God is, who you are. And you've got to take the pride out of the equation. And you've got to humble yourself to develop a heart of a servant. And I've read you scripture that we are to be Christ-like. Are we not? Is anybody in this church, will you agree with me about one thing? That we are to be Christ-like. If we can all agree on that, I think we can agree on the fact that Jesus Christ was a servant. Therefore, you are to be a servant of a living God. But you think I know? I know what you're thinking. I've been there. I don't want to serve. I don't want. I don't want to go over here. I don't want to go pick up. I don't want to work that during that uh, during F three. I don't want. To, you know, everybody has been to some point. But I'm trying to get you to realize in your Christian walk in your daily life. That we have got to stay in the Word. We've got to draw closer to God. And God wants to give you the heart of a servant. We look at, we look at being a servant like it's something weak. And this something real quick that Pastor was t- uh, talking about this morning. All those people, they expected to see the Messiah. They want to see power. They want to see thunder and horses running in. And, and, and they want to see awesome works of explosions. And I mean, they are expecting something mighty to happen. But the most important thing that Jesus could ever do and that God shows, that he shows through, his, uh, through our weakness, he shows he perfects his strength. And when he hung on a cross, the most powerful thing he could show is his love and he died for your sins. That was the most powerful thing that's been done. You, th- you think, boy, that don't sound like much. Somebody hung on a cross and they died and then say what? You betcha. Because he paid a price that you couldn't pay. That's the catch. You can't pay that price. You're not not worthy enough. You're not righteous enough. You're not holy enough to pay that price that he paid. Mm. But he paid that price because he loves us. Because we're his children. Because he wants you to walk as a Christian. He wants you to be obedient to his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Servants don't complain about working in the church. They don't complain if the pastor gives them a chore. A servant does the work. Because you know what? You don't always gonna want everything you do. You're not going to like it. But if you're serving God, if you're serving God, it's worth it. That we got to get that in our spirit. That it's not about me being uncomfortable. But it's about giving God glory. It's about giving God praise. It's about serving and working in the church. He's called us to do And you talk about the heart of a servant. I believe that God's called me to this church to be that man's armor bearer. I pray for that man. I stand up for that man. I will help that man. Because God has called me to do that. He's called other people in this church to do it too. But maybe you're running from that. You don't want that responsibility. God's calling us to work in the church. Because there's lost souls that need to be saved. Because we got kingdom work that needs to be done. That's why God's called us to work in the church. Not so we can have a pastime. I can sit and watch TV. I'm not, I'm not talking about a pastime. I'm talking about building a kingdom. And it takes work. It takes all of us. Not two or three. It takes every single blood-bought, born-again, hell-escaped, heaven-bound Christian, everybody that's joined heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes everybody working with the heart of a servant. How am I going to walk through my trouble? How am I going to get past these temptations? By the heart of a servant, by God's grace, you're gonna make it. Yeah. Hang on, and you're gonna make it. Don't give up. It's almost over. You're gonna make it if you hold on. Now I want to tell you something. I want to I call the pastors down here to the front, Drew and Shelly both. And I want to talk for just a moment. If y'all don't care to come stand down front, please. <clears throat> I believe God gave this to me specifically for TFT. I don't believe it. it's for any other situation than right here and right now. you got a man and a woman that serve God, that love God. They're praying for you. And it's time for us to back them. It's time for us to be unified as a church. It's time for us to decide, am I in or am I out? Am I going to be hot or am I going to be cold? And I believe God's calling armor bearers to this man and woman to stand behind them. To serve not to be served, but to serve. And everybody's here tonight. This is the this is the core church. That's why you're here. You're not just on Saturday morning. You're not just occasionally here, but a lot of these places I'm seeing are people that are faithful to the church, or faithful to God, and I'm honored to serve beside you. Because make no mistake about it, we're going to serve right now. We're going to serve together in heaven. Hallelujah. So what I want to happen is, Peyton, if you don't care to turn that music on. I want for everybody to come down front, and I want for us to know our pastors, and I want for us to pray for them, and I want us to pray as a church that it's time that we are that we come together, that we're unified, that we're going to have the heart of a servant, that we're going to do whatever God's calling us to do, even if it makes us uncomfortable. We're going to do it because we're going to, because we're building the kingdom of heaven, and in order for the kingdom to get built, God needs His men and women serving in the heart of a servant to get it done. Well, I tell you guys I don't serve a God that's weak I don't serve a God that is lacking That is pathetic I don't serve a God that's a loser But a God that's on fire A God that's alive A God that can heal A God that can save Let's pray for our pastors